Welcome back to the second half of this morning's Gone Outdoors. Kyle Agri and Scott Brewer of Brewer Agri Outdoors. Talking hunting, fishing, and everything you can do outdoors here on KWSN Sioux Falls and the mighty 790 KFGO Fargo. We're excited. You know, we're going we're gonna to get a jump on things. Uh, typically, we have this gentleman on to talk about what we're uh, what we're going to visit on today, uh, maybe a month, six weeks down the road here. But we thought, you know what, this has been so much fun for us, and and to talk about over the years, and to to actually do and get out and do that. We're going to bring this guy on a little bit earlier in case any of our listeners want to get a jump on it and go out and get supplies and do the same thing. Gone outdoors, living off the land, expert Andy Holt. Talking maple syruping here on Gone Outdoors today. Andy, how are you? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me on again. And I, I think it's a great idea to start thinking about maple syrup uh, collection and production. It's, you know, the time to start gaining permission and identifying trees and kind of planning your system out. The whole thing goes so much better if you have a good plan. And truly, in the big picture of things, we're not really all that far out, are we? No, I mean, down in my area, you know, it could we could be within a month up in your area. We could be slightly over a month. You never know. And, and that's really one of the cool things about this is, like, we don't get to control this. We don't get to plan this, you know. Like, we are out here directly participating in, in the season. You know, Andy, this is kind of like ice fishing in a way where there is no season opener. You, like no. you said, you, you just don't know. You know, it could be. Three weeks from now, who knows? Or it could be nine weeks from now. It all depends yep. on Mother Nature, uh, which really makes it important, too, that we are prepared, that we are ready, that we got all our stuff. Get all our, get, you know, you have all your supplies ready. You have all your plan for what trees you're going to tap so that when the time does come, you're ready to get out there. That's for sure. Hey, Andy, I have been asked this question many times, and we're going to get the easy one out of the way first. For those who've never done maple syruping, what are the ingredients that go into making maple syrup? Yeah, so maple syrup done right is is just maple sap. There's nothing else in there. It's maple sap that you've evaporated the water away from, and then and then you end up with some caramelization kind of that happens as you're doing that cooking. You really, the cooking and the color is the byproduct of trying to evaporate it down. Yeah, it is that easy, isn't it? And that's what I think, you know, for many, many, many years when I didn't have any idea how this was done, there's always a little bit of a mystery, but you, you pull the veil back and it's that easy. It's it's maple tree sap when it runs in the spring and you evaporate it, and boom, you've got maple syrup. So let's go a step further, Andy. You you are an expert. You've done this uh, for many, many years. You touched on a few of the things that we might want to be thinking about right now. So scouting, getting permission, what do we want to uh, be looking for in those areas? Yeah, so another thing that you know kind of surprises some people sometimes is you don't have to have all sugar maples. If you have access to sugar maples, that's super awesome. That's not the case for everybody all over the place in our area of the country. Um, you know, any maple, any form of maple, you can really make sap out of uh, or collect sap out of. And really the, what's going to change is the sugar content in that sap. So even if you have somebody that's sitting here thinking, you know, this would be super cool, but I don't have maple. You know, do you have access to like a grove that's full of box elders? Box elder uh, is a maple and it makes wonderful syrup. It's got kind of a butterscotchy flavor to it. 
sometimes we mix it in with some of our real maple. Sometimes we, uh, you know, keep it separate and cook just a back eldership, but that's a great option. Maybe you're also thinking, you know, I don't uh, know of any, you know, sugar maple forest. Well, one thing that, uh, you know, you might have access to is river bottom ground and silver maples do super well in river bottom ground. You know, Andy, you know, you talk about a, a maple forest. You don't need that. You honestly don't. If you got a couple of maple trees in your yard, you can you can get a foot off doing this stuff because it is so easy. A lot of people think it's pretty complicated, but it is super super easy. You just got to get a couple of supplies, and you're off and running. And within what two three weeks of collecting sap, you can have your own maple syrup that you made yourself, and it doesn't take a lot. You know, I know Kyle does. He just taps the trees in his yard and he gets a pile of sap off of it. So there's, you don't have to have a huge chunk of land. You don't have to have that big tree grove because it doesn't take that many trees to produce a bunch that you can cook up. No, that's for sure. And especially like you mentioned those, you know, right in your yard trees. And, and then people see that and they say, well, oh, I have a couple of maples in my yard. Uh, come and collect some. And you say, well, you know, I, I could offer you some syrup as payment. And, and it just starts to spread. And you know, like we've done with our school here, you know, last year, just put out on social media, hey, we're thinking about, you know, producing some maple syrup with the kids. Uh, does anybody have, you know, trees right in the yard? And it really doesn't get any more simple than, you know, you could be out there in the woods carrying buckets around at night or uh, like in town like that. I mean, you could be pulling the bucket off the tree and dumping it in your trunk uh, right on the curb, you know. Yeah, it is that simple. So now we've got our trees identified whether it's in our own yard maybe some friends or some people we've gotten permission from we uh we're ready what what is the next step andy we got to have a little bit in terms of supplies to collect it but also then we need to know what the timing is as far as actually when that sap is available what goes into those two areas right okay so once you start getting this free thaw cycle that's when the sap is going to start running you know like ideally you're going to have enough power in the day to, you know, do some actual thawing. So maybe you're getting up to 40, uh, maybe you're getting up to upper thirties, but it's sunny, you know, and it's got some more power. And then you want it to be freezing again at night. You know, you want that cycle so that the tree is not making so much progress and then it slows down, that kind of thing. But yeah, that 40 during the day, 20 at night, you know, some sort of spread like that, that's going to cue you that it's time to, to go out and tap your trees. It might not happen right away, but that's when you're going to want to go out and get your, your spiles or your taps in. So then you're going to do that. You're going to go out, depending on your system, you might have uh, a tap with a hose that runs down to a bucket. You might have a bucket that hangs on the tree, a bag that hangs on a tree. Uh, and, you know, your sap is going to start running. And pretty soon you're going to be collecting once a day, once every couple of days. Uh, and then you want to store it. So if you can keep it uh, like 38 degrees or below, you can store it up to seven days. So maybe you have a huge pile of snow from wherever you're pushing your snow on your driveway and it's in the shade and you can dig buckets or barrels into that snow bank. Or maybe you have like a garage fridge that you can store some buckets in. Uh, so you can store it, like I said, like seven days if you keep it 38 degrees or below until you're able to start processing it. Okay, and Andy, uh, we've got the sap. How much sap does it take to get your syrup? Meaning, uh, whether you're talking pints, quarts, or gallons, what's kind of the ratio of sap to our end product syrup? 
Yeah, so it's going to vary on the kind of tree. And then also as you go through the season and the, the tree does its processes, it's going to go up and down. So if you're looking at a sugar maple, you might look at like upper 20s or low 30s gallons of sap to one gallon of syrup, which sounds like a lot. But then you can upgrade that as you're going through the different types of maples. It could be 60 gallons. It could be 65 gallons of sap to one gallon of syrup. And that's pretty intimidating. But when you go back to, you know, really at its base, this is a fairly simple process. You're just boiling away water. It is. That is it, isn't it? And uh, whether that be, uh, you know, on a small scale, a little propane burner works great on a bigger scale. You know, it's just a little more economical if you have access to wood and can do a wood fire. I know there's a lot of folks who do it that way as well. But lots of fun and plenty of time here. Truly, listeners, uh, if you have any inclination to want to do this, reach on out to Andy, uh, reach on out to Scott or myself. We'd be happy to help answer any questions or point you in the right direction. Andy, where can folks find you? Yeah, on Facebook, Andy Holt. Uh, I believe my profile picture right now is of a fawn in there. I'd love to visit with you. love to connect with you. That's one of the cool things about this sport is you could do it completely on your own or you can make this the biggest group event you'd ever by the next weekend, we had uh, seven turkey burners and like five guys. It just, it really grows. It is fantastic fun and a great, great hobby. Andy, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Thank you so much for having me on. We will be back with more Gone Outdoors right after this short break. <laughs> 